0: to Persons of Interest, a podcast featuring interviews with interesting people doing interesting things, diving into careers, personal stories, life lessons, and more.
1: Here's your host,
0: Derek Dockett. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Persons of Interest podcast. My name is Derek Dockett. And I think most of you know, from following me on social media, that running has become a hobby of mine and my main way of being active and getting exercise. Well, my guest in this episode hosts a podcast of his own uh, about running and dedicated specifically to amateur runners. Matt Chittum is the host of the Rambling Runner podcast. And on my podcast in this episode, we discuss how he got started uh, with his podcast. And we also discuss some running tips and tricks for the beginner and the intermediate and all things in between and, and advanced um, we nerd out a little bit about running i will warn you about that uh, and we also discuss uh, a new project that he has launching uh, as well so i hope you enjoyed this episode of persons of interest with my guest the rambling runner himself matt chittum persons of interest podcast back for another season i'm hopping back on this podcast uh horse and hopefully to stick with it going to try my best to get closer to 100 episodes uh, getting closer to uh, 50s here but in this one I am proud and excited to talk to uh, another fellow runner he's got a running podcast of his own so he's a podcaster uh, as well uh, Matt Chittum the rambling runner of the rambling runner podcast Matt thank you so much for taking time uh, out of your schedule I really appreciate you for hopping on my podcast
1: Derek, it's an honor. Absolutely, <laughs> thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: So I have to share. I first discovered you uh, during COVID, um, not because of the Rambling Runner, but from another podcast. Um, you know, we're all stuck at home during COVID, looking for stuff to do, and we're working. And I'm a podcaster. I listen to a ton of podcasts, and I, you know, during COVID, I was just burning through my normal podcast, uh, you know, by three quarters of the day. But I found this podcast called The Business and Sports Discourse, and I loved it because I worked for, oh gosh, seven and a half, eight years in college athletics. Um, I did social media, graphic design, all that fun stuff for a division one athletics conference, and this podcast was right down my alley. I was super interested to hear the conversations. Uh, So that's how I discovered you first. It wasn't the Rambling Runner, it was that. Uh, And then I... You, you guys were talking about it. I'm like, oh, and it was during COVID when I really kicked myself into gear into running. I think I ran about 850 miles in 2020, uh, which for me was the highest I've done. I might pass it up this year. We'll see. Um, but I, I you know we had nothing else I to do. I
1: know what your goals are. I think you, you better pass it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've gotten a whole lot more into it. We'll talk about that a little bit later too. But that's how I first discovered you. I'm curious, how did your... I guess, interest in podcasting gets started. And how did you decide you want to talk about running specifically and follow that up with how did the business and sports discourse pop up?
1: Yeah, yeah. My, short-lived, my short-lived foray in the business <laughs> and sports discourse. I'm have to bring that one back. That was a lot of fun. Um, but sometimes you pivot in life, and uh, and we'll talk about pivots at the end. But it's uh, yeah, for me, podcasting was similar a little bit to you. Uh, I was someone who was super into audio. So I worked in college, um, worked in higher ed for a long time. So at first I worked as a, you know college basketball coach so i played basketball in college and then i coached basketball in college uh along that time i was also working in the admissions office it was kind of like having two full-time jobs at the same time and then after that i started working as a fundraiser i say all this to say all those jobs involved a ton of travel and for me that meant listening to audio content so there's only so much DOS effects I could listen to <laughs> at some point I had to move on and listen to some other things. So I was cranking up the audible, I was cranking up the podcast yeah. and I just became just a big fan of that medium. So, uh, I was working at pro so when I started working at Providence college, I was a major gift officer at the school, and our office was right next to the head of the marketing department. So I got to know him. He was a big sports guy as well. He actually used to do play-by-play when he worked at University of Maine. I would help out and do some of the play-by-play in the hockey games. So we bonded over sports a lot, and finally, finally I told him, joke. Like, Joe. Your whole staff, they're putting out, you know, the, the alumni magazine, mm-hmm. they're they're doing the whole website. I was like, You're doing all these interviews. It's like just record them. Just put them out as a podcast. Like, it's not gonna take much more additional work. Just bring the equipment in. You're recording the interviews anyway. You're doing so many interviews, just put out a podcast with some of this stuff. Like I, I can't imagine being that much more involved. This was before Anchor, right? This is before okay. kind of Zencaster and Podcast in a box yeah. type websites and apps. This was when there was a technological hurdle, but he had a staff, so he had people who could do that who were already really into the tech side. So after about six months of badgering him, he comes up to me one day and goes, Matt, we're doing it. We got the equipment, we're gonna start the Providence College Podcast, which I think would have been like the second or third college podcast in the country. This was pretty early. And um, I'm like, Joe, congratulations, that's great news. All right, so i'm like thinking i'm just moving on right end of the conversation go rest of my day he goes but here's the catch i need you to be the host <laughs> make make no mistake i didn't work for joe i had my own boss yeah and i wasn't exactly doing a great job i was already on thin ice i didn't need another responsibility that wasn't even connected to my day job which i was already having kind of a difficult time with so i'm like joe i don't i, I don't know what you mean He's like, if you don't do it, we're not going to have it. (laughs) I don't work for you. That's fresh. I have no experience. (laughs) What are you talking about? He's like, I'll talk to your boss. We'll make it work. Like, he's not that kind of guy to be kind of forceful like that. So I'm like, all right, we'll see. My boss... and that's putting it lightly, uh, decided to to let me do this. And we started the Promise College podcast. It was a weekly podcast uh, doing interviews with various people around the campus. So whether they're, obviously I have a proclivity for athletics, but you know, professors, students, alumni, whatever. So that, that took off. It went. it was fine. It was fine. They're still doing it today. So obviously it worked out well for them. Uh, Six months later, anchor was created so the kind of the first app in a box mm-hmm. type situation it was basically if you had an iphone and you were calling another iphone yep. you could make it into a podcast and they handled all of the dissemination putting it to spotify and, and apple Podcasts and stitcher and google play and all that stuff so yep. basically all you needed was an iphone and you kind of had lowered the period of entry for podcasts all of a sudden podcasts were like blogs yep. all you needed was a little bit of tech and you could put one out so I was I already had the Anchor app on my phone. At that time Anchor app was awful. It was basically yeah. audio Twitter. It was right. like listening to people's voicemail messages, yes. which is not an enjoyable experience. <laughs> so I but I had the app. So I was on the newsletter and they put out and they said we're making a pivot to podcasting. That day I'm like, Hey, I I've already started a podcast. I should you know, I can make another podcast at that time. I was you know really getting back into running again and I was listening to all the running podcasts and they were really enjoyable. It's all the ones that you have now. I think there's all the same ones that are at the top of the list, except this for the road running podcasts, um, except for Mario, Mario started his podcast like three months later. Um, I said, you know, what, all these podcasts that I like, they interview pro runners. I like them a lot. We don't need another podcast interviewing pro runners. No one talks to amateur runners, at least on the road running side. There were a couple on the trail running side. Um, so I said, hey, okay, I'll start that one. Ultimately, I didn't care if anyone listened this was just for me sure Had another a nice 45 minute conversation with somebody i would get a lot out of it if no one listened to it i really didn't care which was great because no one did listen to it <laughs> so for like six months no one listened to this show it was so funny like i it, it, i was this close to shelving it like i'm putting on my hands like just this like a yeah. millimeter away from shelving it and it was at thanksgiving dinner down in dallas with my wife's uh my wife's brother his family and he was—he's not a runner, but he looks at me. He's like, "Hey, I actually like your podcast, man. I think you do a pretty good job." And like, I didn't even know he listened. To it. I didn't know anyone to listened to the podcast. My wife still never even listened to an episode. I'm five years in, so like, Jimmy, are you serious? You like this show? He's like, "Yeah, I think it's good." And like, I had on that trip said I was not going to be doing it anymore. So I'm like, all right, I'll stick with it. And uh, I decided to stick with it. And you know, you working in the communications field. In the second, so basically, that first six months, I had eight thousand downloads in total eight thousand in total yeah okay that's not a lot for people yeah. who are <laughs> counting at home but for me it didn't It didn't matter because it was getting basically same amount of downloads as a Providence college podcast sure so i'm like hey that's the only, that's the only thing i can compare it to all of the podcast stats are opaque no one knows what anyone's getting right so i was like yeah, it's not doing too bad i guess so i'll stick with it so the second year so basically at the, as the turn of the new year i'm like you know what i'm gonna start doing I'm going to take the podcast and I'm just going to basically use it as a way for me to work on my social media marketing for my day job. But instead of doing it during sort of like working on my social media marketing at my day job, where if I mess up, I might get canned. I'll just do it with the podcast. No one's paying attention to that anyway. And it will be a good way, good lab for me to try that out. That's exactly what I did. So first six months I had 8,000 downloads in the following 12 months. I had almost a million. Wow. And that was how it all took off from there so the the marketing side uh really did it and then also we did some other things you know i started going to two episodes a week at at a certain point and then i kind of professionalized the graphics and i Mm -hmm. got some really good guests and and podcasts started becoming more popular and it it kind of i got in at the right time i'm glad i did and it really took off from there and just hit the five-year anniversary on July fourteenth, just a you know, short uh, month and a half ago, and here we are, five years in, and now it's my full-time job. Nice. Do you find
0: it hard to stick with the schedule, uh, or are you just pretty much locked no. and loaded, and you're in tune no. now? I
1: mean, I think I think I would view it as hard if I didn't have previous pretty demanding jobs. Yeah. Right. So uh, before I was like raising money for a college, like that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell people who are paying, (laughs) have paid, or parents, or people who are going to school, um, who are paying exorbitant fees to now give me more money for nothing in return. That was hard. Um, Finding someone to talk about their running experience, while sometimes you know, I really bump up against it from a, from a, wow, I should really have recorded this a week ago. Um, but to say it's hard, no, it can get tricky. Sometimes you have to get creative, but I've had, I've had jobs that were, Oh my gosh, this is hard. How am I going to get a hundred thousand dollars from this person? And if I don't, I might get fired. Um, that was hard. This is, this is a joy.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So you said you got back into running. So Mm -hmm. I guess talk about your background specifically for you in running. Like for me, it got started about 2018 and I'm decided, you know what? I don't have a whole lot of friends that want to play basketball. I need to do something to get my body moving. And it started, I'll go out and walk. Well, I think I can run. So I'll start halfway running, halfway walking. I think I can run for 10 minutes straight and I do it. And then I think I would run for 30 minutes straight. And I didn't do a couch to 5k. I just, you know, decided I think I can do this for 30 straight minutes. And I did. Well, I think I can run for three miles. I think I can do a five. See, see,
1: you eased into it. it so you, 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 I like how you eased into it. You know, you're not like your, your St. Louis brethren, Darius miles is just going into the league right from the jump. You know, I can, I can, it was a process, the, the easing into yeah. it. Um, yeah so for me running i i I ran cross-country middle school okay there was no that was the only middle school team we had um so it's like all right i guess we're doing that Uh, i i did run track in high school but i i skipped more practices than i went to for me running was about getting in shape for basketball that's what it was so there were times where i really ran hard and worked at like say off season conditioning. Some of that was you know running three or four miles, more like two to four miles. Um, and a lot of times it was a lot of track workouts just to mm-hmm. get in shape for a sport that's more anaerobic than aerobic. Um, and I you know I worked hard on those track workouts. But that was the majority of it for me in college. And then also just getting ready for like you know the first day of practice was a physical fitness test. So it was like the first year was three mile, and then every year kind of went down. Uh, the last year, my senior year, was was like a mile. But, you know, you had to be fit for that. But that was the bulk of my running journey early on in life. Uh, post-college, um, you know, I basically started getting into it when just, like, I was too competitive for noontime hoops for someone who wasn't practicing anymore. All <laughs> of a sudden, like, my mind was like, you should be able to do X, Y, Z. But I was practicing anymore, so That's I wasn't awesome. doing X, Y, Z. And I was, like, <laughs> such a competitive whiner that I couldn't handle it. So I was like, I need to find a new outlet. So I took on running, joined a running club, and that was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, once I you know, started a family, those early morning weekday, you know, track workouts, all of a sudden that really wasn't going to work with our family mm-hmm. schedule, which was fine. I ha- was happy to take, to take <laughs> that trade. Um, and then from that point, I was kind of like touch and go. I'd go with it for a little bit, and then come back. Then a little bit, and then come back. A little bit, and come back. And then in my mid thirties, I really kind of took it on. Like, hey, you know, I have had I have some regrets in my athletic career. I don't feel like I got the most out of myself as an athlete, and. I want to make the most of it while I still can. And I think now I'm not as fatalistic about growing older and being a master's runner as I was at that point. But at that moment, that's what I was thinking. Um, And I'm kind of glad that I was so short sighted because it definitely spurred me into action. And I really kind of got into it uh, in my mid 30s. And here I am. I'm I'm, uh, 40, 41, 41. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Once you hit forty, man. You're, you're, Tell me about it. Forty-two, so, right here. <laughs> yeah. So I was born January uh, January twenty fourth, nineteen eighty-one. Derek, How old am I? You're I forty-one. Yeah, all right. I'm
0: 42. I'm February 1980.
1: There you go. All right, perfect. Um, so yeah, so 41. There you go. So I'm skipping a year. Uh, I think we all got messed up with COVID. We're not sure what year it is. And um, yeah. So at that point, that's when I start taking it much more seriously. Yeah. Now there are times where I've kind of come and gone since then, but it's usually just injury related. Sure. I kind of have. I've been. I've been with it for um a number of years now, and having the podcast has certainly been a part of it and, and becoming your running coach has been a part of it too, because, you know, I loved coaching. I loved coaching college basketball for sure. Um, but ultimately it wasn't a good fit from a family life perspective. Yeah. All my, all my running, all my, sorry, all my coaching mentors um, had one thing in common and it wasn't the kind of defense they played or the kind of press they used, or the kind of zone offense they used. The one thing they had in common is that they were every single one of was divorced. And yeah. once I, you know, met the woman who I ended up marrying. I was like, all right, I'm going to find this another path. But I always wanted to get back into coaching on some level. And with run coaching, I definitely found it.
0: What's, uh, so I'm in the process of training for my very first half marathon. I've run several five K's. I did my first 10 K, uh, this summer, 4th of July, I've run 6.2 several times. That's, you know, at one point, you know, two years ago or so. 10K was my long run of the other day, and that was it. I was capped off. But now it's like I did nine miles last week. I'm doing 10 miles this Saturday. You know, eight go. miles. There you go. I'm I'm cranking it up, and I'm learning doing different. You know, miles don't just do the same thing. I'm learning all these different things that help you get fit, train, help you train better, and all these things. For a beginning runner, what's the number one piece of advice that you would tell someone that's getting into into running?
1: Okay. First thing is just like when you start any athletic activity. So for, the first thing is if you're going into a new athletic activity, it's going to be uncomfortable in the beginning. Yeah. All right. Some of that gets balanced out because of the excitement you bring to it. But after the first two weeks, the excitement starts to weigh as it becomes part of your routine. It's just, it's uncomfortable in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Every activity is like not even every sport. Like if I, you took up like weaving, it would be uncomfortable in the beginning. Right, you're just getting used to the patterns. Okay, so that's the first thing. Right, so it's not just one thing, but you're past that point. Right, you're an active adult. You're you're past that point. Okay, I think the the next couple of things are understanding the role that different physiology plays within the running, you know, the running scene. Okay, let me put it this way: think about the best milers in the country. Okay. Mm -hmm. think about how fast they're running. Right. So the best male milers are running between 352 and 356 in the mile. The best female milers are running around 425 to 431. Okay, so they are moving. Yes. They are flying around the track. Right. So if I asked you, right, if you know, like, all right, there's like there's the aerobic capacity of a runner and there's the anaerobic capacity. The aerobic capacity is when you have more ox, more oxygen is coming in than you're using. Right classic aerobic effort would be just like a very slow, very easy, easy job, right? We think of that as aerobic activity, right? And anaerobic activity is like when you're doing suicides on a basketball court, right? You are running mm-hmm. hard. You are taking in, you are using more oxygen than yep. you're taking in, you're breathing super heavy. They said, hey, Derek, these milers, they're running sub four minute miles for the men, sub 430 for the women. What percent of that effort is aerobic? What would you say?
0: I would say 50
1: you would be way off but to be fair so would everybody else because yeah. most people would assume roughly the same if not a lot less than that it's 87 oh, percent wow 13 percent anaerobic these people are flying yeah they are running faster for a mile than most people can run for 50 yards yeah okay this is aerobic this is at a, this is at the mile To say nothing of the 5k the 10k for you the half marathon so the third thing you have to understand is building up your aerobic engine (laughs) because that is the ball game yeah okay without the aerobic engine you can't even run the mile well to say nothing of an endurance event okay so building up your aerobic engine what does that mean it means putting in easy miles putting in aerobic miles not anaerobic miles and doing so in a way that allows you to recover and do it again because the way to build up the aerobic engine is to first of all run aerobically and also to do it a lot and you can only do it a lot if you're recovering okay so to run a lot of aerobic miles a lot can mean something to different people depending on how much you know what they're currently doing and building up slowly but running a lot of aerobic miles and i say aerobic i mean if you have a bluetooth headset on and you're carrying your phone, to be able to talk to somebody while you're running Mm -hmm. or to join a running group and have a conversation Conversation, while you're running. conversational pace, okay? That is easy effort. Now, supplement that with occasionally running fast. By fast, I mean, imagine a nine-year-old You're going to work for a school department, right? You've worked for school departments. Imagine a kid at recess, he or she is, you know, bombing around the the field at recess with a big smile on their face. They're flying around, right? That's the effort I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Occasionally throwing in four, five, six by 10 to 20 second strides at the end of your run, maybe three to four times a week. That's... If you just only did that and you never elevated it to anything else, you just did that, you would be getting 75% of what you need, Mm. okay? So you build up the mileage, okay? You try to get that long run in, that extra stimulus, okay? The long run being roughly 25% of your total miles in a week, depending on your depending on how many miles you're putting in sure. and things like that, that can vary. But say you're putting in, you're getting your eight mile run in. Great. Keep building it up. Try to get to that hour and a half mark. Try to get to that two hour mark uh, as you go. And then your easy runs are going to be roughly half the length of your long run. Right? So if your long run's 10, your easy runs are probably going to be around five ish miles. Um, and you go from there and you try to get a lot of those as you can. And then if you do the strides too, then that, brings out the neuromuscular system in terms of firing that that, that speed element but not doing so that's going to kind of bring you crashing down in terms of too much effort but also that sort of thing helps with your cadence it helps with your your form and uh it brings enough speed to uh to kind of keep the fires going where so you're not you're not only going slow all the time uh and then that's the that's the good starting point and if you do that that lays a perfect foundation and at certain point once you once you've done that comfortably then you can start throwing in some workouts
0: so uh, it makes me feel good about what i'm doing because when i first got into running i was just sort of like oh, i'll run three miles a day i'll run four miles a day and i learned that i got to vary my distances don't run the same thing all the time you know throwing some hills and that kind of stuff um and it was great and then i i started to challenge myself i'm gonna go out and register for races and it became last year i want to do at least one 5k race a month like an actual registered and go out and push myself and you know try to run hard for you know 25 26 whatever it was whatever however long it took me to do 3.1 miles um and that was great. That was a great challenge too. Um, i had different courses, you know, some were flat and fast, some were hilly and they varied. Um, and then this year I told myself, you know what, I just want to stick with it. I want to be consistent. I want to be a more consistent runner. I want my pacing and my splits to be, uh, not so varying. I don't want to do nine thirty and then eight thirty and then nine. You know, I wanted to just sort of be a consistent and stronger runner. Um, and that was going on on, on schedule until uh, a buddy of mine challenged me he says you know we should just try and do a half marathon you can you, i saw you in your strava app you ran seven eight miles the other day like you can do it like he's uh, right <laughs> it's like i do right. not, not interested in doing a half yeah. marathon and he we did the it. we did the 10k you see, and you after the movie dodgeball Yes, I have.
1: <laughs> if you dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If you can run eight <laughs> miles, you can run a half marathon.
0: Yeah, um, he talked me into money. it and I'm doing it, so.
1: Yeah, there you go, see? Yeah, yeah. and um, I love I love the racing, because that's the other part too. So we talked about training. Yes. Racing is a skill. It's a skill, it's not the same as a workout. Yes. Even if you're really good at workouts, you do a lot of workouts, you do a workout once a week, and you've done it for a while, great. They're necessary, especially once you lay that foundation um, within your running plan. With that said, Races are just different. Yes. And that's a good thing. They are. Elevated stimulus, right? With a workout, you want to push so hard that you can't run the next day. Yeah. That hurts the consistency. You don't want that. You want to leave a little bit of room for cream in that workout. Don't push right to the edge, okay? You want to get the stimulus, but you want to stay healthy and consistent, okay? Racing, put it on the line. And that's the thing. Racing, the the fun part is, the interesting part, I should say. I was having a conversation online with one of my athletes the other day. Is that that the, the races are interesting when it gets tough, right? That's when yeah. You know, I don't want to use too many like cliches here. That's when the rubber meets the road, yes. right? Because no, right. you have to make decisions. Yes. About what am I going to do, or better way putting it, how willing am I am? How willing am I to be uncomfortable? Right. Right now.
0: Yep. I've been and, in that situation,
1: especially in the five k, because the un- uncomfortable feeling is more in the lungs. Then it sometimes is in the legs. Yep. Okay, because you're really burning. Um, and you have only you know whether or not you gave in that yep. extra 1% or not. The Strava app won't tell you. You're, even your coach won't know. Only you know. Um, and then as you progress in distance, it's much less in the lungs, right? You do a half marathon. That is not an anaerobic effort. If it is, you're not going to finish. <laughs> uh, it's going to be an aerobic effort for sure. So this is not a lungs issue. It's a legs issue. Yeah. And it's going to be like, all right, they're going to be tightening up. They are going to get a little stiff and are you going to be able to handle it? And the other thing too is learning through this process that the sensations you are feeling feel 100% physical. However, they are also a mental manifestation. Mm. In addition to that, in learning that your subjectivity over how you are perceiving things is a real thing. And by that i mean this uh, this is not woo woo this is science and this is also backed by thousands and millions of runners who have gone through this how you think you feel is not necessarily true Mm. okay if you have any question about that go drop a finish line in front of a struggling runner and see what happens yeah I think we all know what would happen. Derek, what would happen if you see some guy going down the road and you throw a finish line 200 meters ahead of him? What happens? I got to get there. I got, All of a sudden, that stride looks a little less sloppy. Yeah, there's a little more pep in the step, yes. and they start. I got firing, to get there, right? Because our energy level is not a gas tank. Our endurance is not a gas tank. It's not like when you hit E, there's no willing our way back up in yeah. the gas tank, right? That's not what it is. The central governor in the in our running system is a, is not like that. And this is the beauty of ultra running, where you see these athletes that go to the well and they falter and they feel like they are broken, and then that's when things get interesting and that's when they get to that next level that they didn't think they could get to and there's these peaks and valleys and it's um you know you don't feel in the three mile I guess it's too short for that and you may not even feel in the half marathon but I think we can learn from each other and learn from each other's experience gosh I hope so and that is that is when things get interesting right when you know when, when we all know that we can or we should say this As parents, we often say that our kids can do more than they think they can. Well, look in the mirror too, buddy, because that's the same thing for us
0: a uh, a friend of mine a former colleague who was a runner in high school and college he is a was a coach cross country and track uh, is now an athletic director at the high school when I got into running I was working for the school district he told me I'd be surprised at what my body could handle he goes oh you'll be doing a 10k half marathon marathon in no time and that was in 2019 18 we we're talking about that and here I am in 2022 finally going to do that half marathon. So, um, n- nothing has stopped me even crazy summer weather. I just wake up a little earlier. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but you know what? I have not even on like in the middle of this training I'm going through, I've got a, you know, a plan that I'm sticking with to do, you know, three miles on Tuesday and, you know, four or five miles on Wednesday and three miles on Thursday and a long run on Saturday and are rest days built in and there's cross training built in. Um, Even when it's been humid, dew points in 70, 75 or higher, still getting out there and doing it, just trying to prepare my body as best I can and get hydrated, but... I have not stopped. so I'm, I'm impressed. I've been able to stick with it this long, um, doing more miles. So uh, I feel prepared. It's about a month away. It's October second. So uh, uh, it's I'm excited for it. I didn't think I'd ever
1: say be. that. October is a great month. That's that's when the weather starts to cool. Yeah, it's fairly predictable in terms of that. You know, taking that little edge off. And you know, once the weather gets over, especially for a half marathon, once the weather's over 65, it starts to play a factor. Yeah there's no question about it. Um, but still like that's, that's, that's a great temperature to be at.
0: Yeah. it's going to be like this morning I ran five miles and it was about 60 degrees, 62 degrees. Oh, gosh, it was, it, it was perfect. Yeah. I, and it's funny in my app yesterday he posted, he said, boy, your pace is picking up. And I, I told I responded back and it felt like I didn't was, was not running as fast as I thought I was. And he goes, well, that's a sign that you're just naturally getting better and faster if you don't think you're running that faster it's just like coming to you so i'm like
1: right and that's the thing that that can get tricky too for so many runners in the summer it feels like we're not improving because the runs are awful right we feel like garbage when you come back we're running slower because the heat and the humidity but it's building underneath yeah and you just have to let it just have to let it come around and it feels like we have to relearn this every summer and i'm no exception to that but it's yeah. true um so obviously you're getting fitter because you're working more but also So, the weather can be have like a blinding effect to oh, our own
0: understanding
1: that we may or may not be
0: yeah I, I don't want to call it mental but man it when you when I open the garage door and I'm like oh my gosh there's no wind it feels so great it's a difference maker it's it, it's just a little bit different when there's no humidity and that, that crazy dew point isn't there so uh, I, I firmly believe and agree with that so um, we're going uh, close to 30 minutes I think we go this long I'm nerding out I don't care, oh. I don't care. <laughs> totally learning about about the running but you've got something special cooking and i haven't had the opportunity to break a lot of news in my podcast so i'm super excited right. for you to share what you've got going on so uh i'll let you uh share what's happening in your world what's coming up
1: Let's do it. Yeah. So you remember the business, the business sports discourse because it's it's trying new things is exciting. Okay. That was a short-lived venture. My buddy Jason McLuso was part of it. He's an awesome guy. We stopped it. It was my choice because I thought another, another project was going to open up, and I was like, I think this more aligns with what I'm doing. Um, so Jason was awesome. That was a really fun project to do. No question about it. New project that's coming out September seventh. We're launching a brand new running media company, and it's something that I think is going to change the running media landscape. And I think it's going to be it's going to be huge. That's that's my vision for it. I think I have big goals, but when you have a great team. You should have big goals, yeah. and this is a collective effort. And the people in this are absolutely phenomenal. Derek, we got nine folks, nine people who are part of this team, and it's kind of a who's who within the running group, within the running media, and with, on the running landscape. Okay, we got Lindsey Hine, the host of All Have Another. Podcast. We got Marcus Brown from over in London, a six-six marath- six Abbott World Marathon finisher who's now a two fifty-six marathoner. Wow. He's the host of a Runner's Life. He does a lot of stuff on YouTube. He is absolutely fantastic and has partnered with Abbott to do a lot of media stuff over uh, at the London Marathon uh, and, and, and a variety of their other uh, Abbott World Marathon majors we have mike co better known as Kafuzzi. so <laughs> one of the most popular running running shoe youtube youtubers out there it has over 100, 100 youtube subscribers we got zoe rome editor-in-chief of trail Runner magazine stephanie the usatf 100 mile champion wow. peter Bronka, one of the best running writers in the country 2021 was featured in the best of sports writing anthology Carolyn Sue, the creator of Diverse We Run Instagram account, has been on the cover of Runner's World, and Kara Goucher, who doesn't need an introduction this awesome. on this podcast, <laughs> one of the best runners of our generation, is currently doing live coverage of the Olympics, of the World Championships. We are all coming together. We have formed a company. It's called Relay. And we are going to be putting out the best, most creative, and collaborative running content on the internet, putting out 20 pieces a month over on Patreon. Wow. Patreon.com forward slash relay. Some people may know Patreon as mm-hmm. kind of like a tip jar for creators. That's not how we're using it. Patreon, I think, is better served as basically paywall in the box. Okay. They are to paywalls what anchor is to podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay? Just go there. I don't need a tech person. We don't need a tech person. All we have to do is post on Patreon. It's a subscriber-built model, and we are so excited! We're going to be doing four live shows a month with subscriber, um, you know, back and forth within these live shows. We are going to blow it out. Awesome! And I am so excited about this. It's going to be nine dollars a month for subscribers, and I think the amount of high-level content people are going to get is going to be absolutely out of this world. And for, this is how I view it, Derek. Sidious Mag. First of all, let me put it this way: the the traditional running media outlets are going from traditional to extinct. That's just the way the running media mm-hmm. landscape is going, and beyond that, just the media landscape in general.
0: Okay, yeah, absolutely. And
1: there is there's solopreneurs who are doing great stuff, right? Stuff like I was doing. I, I was not part of a group before. Okay, people like Mario Frioli, Jason Fitzgerald, Ali Feller, a whole bunch of people are doing great stuff as solo uh, solopreneurs within the running space. I love all of those people. They're friends of mine, and I love what they're doing. But there is a huge opportunity here for a group of people to come together, to work together, Hmm. to put out highly creative and collaborative work. Sidious Mag is doing it for pro running, and they're doing a great job, and they have really taken off and really taken a step forward during the World Championships. Free Trail is doing it in trail running. They're doing the same stuff. You got Ryan Thrower, Dylan Bowman, Corinne Malcolm, uh, Killy Henninger, and Hillary Allen doing amazing work in trail running. Relay is going to be that for dedicated amateur runners with a nine-person group that I think is second to none.
0: I love it. I love that, and it's centered for amateur running. So so folks like me, because definitely amateur, but I'm I'm building up, that definitely, like hearing what we just talked about, that kind of content hits home. So you've got an audience built in that that will flock to this. This is awesome awesome
1: I, that's what I think you know, right I think it's the people who originally maybe you know 20 years ago they would have been like the diehard runners world subscribers mm-hmm. right that's just not people don't get magazines anymore right. right they just don't that's not the deal right it's writing on the internet it's podcasts you know, right audio you know, they call it audio or you call it podcast and it's video and that's what we're gonna be doing yeah. it's it's it's, it's the interaction writing, audio and, and video and we're gonna be doing it all and we're gonna be doing it in a way a collaborative way where one plus one equals five, right? You get these kinds of. All stars together right you have like Kara goucher working with carolyn sue working with peter bromka like the result is just going to be yeah, out of this world and i think cool. that is going to be the special sauce for relay
0: nice how soon uh will you be kicking this off
1: september 7th i don't know when this is publishing but if it's not september 7th yet be on the lookout right. if it's past september 7th patreon.com forward slash relay what are you waiting for also 10 percent off discount for anyone who signs up for a year but Either way, you're going to be getting great stuff. I guarantee it. Also, the first week of content is going to be free on. Oh, cool. The site. So if you go to patreon.com, the whole, whole first week of content will always be free. So you'll be able to see exactly what you're getting.
0: Okay. Well, I'll definitely uh, link this uh, in the podcast notes. I'll share that uh, there and send out a tweet from my account as well. This sounds super exciting. Dude, congratulations. It, it, it sounds like it, you got a great all-star cast. Um I think what even the, the part you said about being able to do the interaction, I think that's huge as well. I think what most folks they love interacting on social media with people that they connect with, so being able to do Q and A's and things like that online, that's an extra added benefit in addition to just reading or watching content or listening to content. Right. Being able to do Q and A's and interact with people um live, you know, on demand. That stuff's super valuable nowadays. So uh kudos to like, you guys for like, putting what all have this you together. Doing
1: like- we do like a monthly like running book club, right? So running books that are yeah. coming out, right? Like Des Landon, we saw the pre order for hers. We saw Lauren Fleshman's the pre-orders for hers. I just got Matt Fitzgerald's new book. It arrived this morning in my house. This is not like a this is not a pre-release that Matt sent me. This is just it just came out. So okay. like. And there's plenty of running books out there. We're gonna be doing a running book club, so we'll announce at the beginning of the month what the book's gonna be. Then we'll do a live show where where we'll have like, you know, two, three, four people on the relay team. We'll talk about the book, hopefully have the author on as well. And then also, because we announced the beginning of the month, have some subscriber interaction. We're gonna be doing a coach's corner live show episodes as That's well. Cool. We're gonna be doing a live interview once a month with a a professional runner or professional running team. And we're also gonna be doing a live show every month with two to four relay team members kind of diving into maybe some topics we covered on relay going a little bit deeper but also interacting with the subscribers as well so at least four per month and usually it's going to be once a week but sometimes it gets tricky because you have guests you can't exactly sure. lay it out right. symmetrically like all right every monday for the whole year we're going to do live shows we're having guests on these sometimes yeah. so you never quite know but it's going to be four per month i do know that and it's something that we are really Looking forward to
0: this is awesome! Congratulations, man! This sounds like this came together really, really nicely for you, and it sounds exciting.
1: I'm really excited. That's for sure. And as I told you offline, I was finally, I was, I finally put to use all the seven years of college <laughs> basketball recruiting. <laughs> I have finally been able to put it to good use. So building this has been a lot of fun. Um, and you know, we're 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 all in this together. That's nice. for sure. So while like you know, we've all kind of come, got on the boat at mm-hmm. different times once we're on, we're all working together. And that's the most important
0: thing. Yep, Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I will definitely be checking out. I will share that link, like I said, in my podcast notes. And uh, I've got some friends that are gotten into the running, definitely may uh, get some benefit out of hearing things from these these folks uh, along the running journey as well. So really, really appreciate you for sharing that uh, on my podcast. And uh, I guess if you can uh, share how they can find you on social media uh how they can find the rambling runner uh and all that fun stuff
1: all right so if you're listening to this podcast you know how podcasts work so if you <laughs> just go to the search function of whatever podcast app you have just type in rambling runner there's only one that's me uh rambling runner podcast uh also on the socials if you just go to rambling underscore runner that is my handle on every social media platform. If you're checking out Relay, we are also going to be on social media. So for Relay, we're having an Instagram, a Twitter account, and awesome. a TikTok account. And all the social media handles for Relay are going to be Relay underscore site. That's S-I-T-E. So Relay underscore site on every social media channel as well.
0: All right. I'm typing in Relay into Instagram right now. so, so I If can... you
1: type it in, you're going to see the logo, my friend. Oh, really? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, there it is Oh, I like that Well, I'm going to follow
1: you will be, be the first one No one knows See? Well, you
0: have got nine
1: Well, yes, all the people Oh, the team, the team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm in This is awesome Well, I'm looking forward to this, this is Keeping track of it
1: I'm talking to you before I know before we've I, I, had to, I had to lock down the handles <laughs> Because I want to make I sure know. It was consistent amongst all of them So I, I got those like a month and a half nice. ago But, you know, I, uh, I haven't really broadcast it yet
0: I like it. I like it. Well, Matt, thanks again for uh, hopping on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to seeing uh, Relay launch and get off the ground and running, so to speak. This is going to be exciting. Uh, Folks, if you can, please uh, give Matt a listen on the Rambly Runner podcast. Check out Relay. Uh, Again, I've picked up great stuff and I just enjoy hearing his conversations with other folks uh, and I hope you guys will enjoy it as well. Thank you for uh, taking out this episode of uh, Persons of Interest uh, with the rambling runner himself, Matt Chittum. Matt, thanks again so much. This has been awesome. Thank you, Derek. Thanks for listening to this episode of Persons of Interest. This podcast is a personal project with the goal of sharing stories that might inspire others to create their own path. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. If you have a guest suggestion, you can reach Derek on Twitter, at BDocket. This has been Persons of Interest.